0: And today we have an awesome interview with the CEO and co-founder of Cerberus Interactive, Sami Khan. Here we talk about Atlas Empires, a new AR and location-based strategy game. So enjoy the listen.
1: Hi, uh, my name is Sami Khan. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Cerberus Interactive. Um, I love playing games and... Uh, After a good 10 years uh, as a career marketer helping other startups, I figured what better thing to do than uh, start my own uh, video game startup, so (laughs) here I am.
0: Awesome, Um, and specifically I get to talk to you today about Atlas Empires, um, which I'm really interested in, uh, because I don't know a lot about AR, because that's what uh, Cerberus does, right?
1: Yeah, so we we focus on location-based games. So, you know, there's, as I see it, there are two types of AR. There's the camera-based AR, which um, I suppose companies like Google Glass have made really prevalent, where you uh, see things that aren't there uh, in front of you. And the other part of AR that I consider is the location-based aspect, where you're augmenting uh, your reality into a digital field, which is what I feel like games... Such as ours or Pokemon Go, they do quite well. Although Pokemon Go has camera-based AR as well.
0: Cool. Um. And specifically, Atlas uh, Atlas Empires is a mobile strategy game. Correct.
1: That is correct. Um, um, Where you know I grew up, big fans. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh no, I was gonna say I, I was gonna ask. Like, how do you? Uh, how do you? is there any problem bridging that game type in with uh with location-based ar because when i think of uh, pokemon go i don't really think about um about uh strategy game really um but that's maybe just because i like cute pokemon um (laughs) so can you talk a little bit about how you go into bringing a game type into this different medium
1: yeah, look, it's, it's a challenge. And I think the biggest challenge is that no one's done it, right? So it's kind of hard to imagine. Um, but that's actually why we created Servers Interactive. We call ourselves a location based games technology company because we believe that location based gaming can actually be an element that is infused in multiple types of gaming genres. Yeah. So we're already starting here with the strategy game genre. And for us, you know, let me let me make it kind of from a gamer's point of view, right? Yeah. Um, the strategy game genre for me as a gamer starts with back in the day, the Age of Empires, the Red Alert, the StarCraft of the world. Yeah. And if you if you put yourself in that frame of reference, you know, what were those games? You started with nothing, you found some resources near you that you gathered, and then you built something. And then you uh, built an army, and then you went out in the world, and you conquered, and, and that was kind of the game with it. And so, if you take that same game loop, what I really see as an opportunity with location-based games is, Age of Empires and StarCraft, these were just, you know, an assortment of pixels on your screen that were uh, generated um, maps, yeah. computer-generated maps. But here we are now, we live in the real world, as we always have. But now we have the opportunity instead of having a computer generated map to actually build this empire on a real world canvas and i think if you frame it from that perspective it, it immediately sounds amazing right it's like yeah. okay so i can build my empire from age of empires but like start the main base right at a home. um and i think wow. something like that which, by the way, a lot of our users are doing. Right, they're claiming their main base right where they live, and it really creates this kind of emotional connection to your empire in a way that I think you could not have done otherwise without location base.
0: And so, how does the mapping out from a player perspective look? Because when I'm thinking about strategy, and I love strategy games, um, they're a nice they're a nice game type to just literally lose yourself in for hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like from the player's perspective? Because when I am looking at something in, um, you know, from that's generated generated pixels, and not actual, uh, not actual spaces, I'm looking top down. I'm seeing a large a large swathe of land, and uh-huh. I would think, uh, how, how does that change to when your your you know your home base or your home <laughs> is your is the start of your it. empire? This, this is
1: such a great question. And I can tell. I can just tell that you're... you're Obviously, you're a gamer. Yeah, (laughs) because I think it's it's an incredibly important. And by the way, what we worked on this is not something we just decided to work on a couple months ago, right? (laughs) We've been working on this for close to two years, Kate. And so, yes, let me answer that by saying what we decided to do to to really enable this um, game genre is to create two discrete views of the game. So one we call the map view, which is exactly as it sounds. It's the map around you. Okay. And then we have a second view in the game called base view. And what happens is the players toggle in between map view and base view. Okay. And so in map view, what you're able to do is find chests that have lumber, that have gold, that have stone, um, find you know critical building elements that you might need. But base view is where you spend your time arranging your base from that top-down view that you're talking about right that that um
0: okay.
1: kind of orthographic yeah. standard view that we're used to but the glue is that you place your base in the real world and you are teleporting into this view and this view is actually anchored somewhere in the real world
0: okay that's interesting Um, And and now my my follow up question is how do I get resources? Because that's the number one question. (laughs) I always feel like whenever I start my map, um, is always okay. I'm loaded in here. Where do I need to build the main base? What's the closest areas to the main resources that I need for the start and end game? How? What does that mechanic look like as well? Especially, um, as you said, toggling between these these two views. But also, yeah. what happens if somebody's home home is just in a very bad place uh, resource wise? Yeah. So awesome. I mean,
1: again, this is. So let me say this. You know, and I, I think a lot of this is coming from the perspective, and look, I, I understand. You're trying to frame this from what you know now, which is, you know, Pokemon Go,
0: right? <laughs> and
1: the biggest concern for games like Pokemon Go is, shit, are you telling me I have to go to the library or the museum just to get resources? I just want to play, you know, on my couch for a little bit because that's what strategy games about. And we've thought about that. So effectively how it works is, one, we have i would say for the lack of a better term invented our team has invented what we call map tile density system so what we've done and this is not not an exaggeration what we've done is we've actually tiled the entire planet into claimable plots of land and these plots of land are pretty small so you know it gives ample opportunity for tens of millions of people to claim yeah but the other thing that these tile system allows us to do is we've created Plots which are claimable, but then we've created macro tiles. And so the planet is, you know, a single macro tile in our system is, you know, we're talking on the scale of miles, not tens of miles or hundreds yeah. of miles. And so what this allows us to do is we can actually assign a density system that says, hey, the rare chest appears one in every hundred plots, or the common chest appears in five in every hundred plots. So what this does is it Actually creates a very fair system because what we noticed in our alpha group is a lot of rural players were complaining about Pokemon Go saying Pokemon Go doesn't have anything good around me ever.
0: Yeah, you know and it's <laughs> like okay,
1: well how do we solve that? Okay, well let's solve that with a fair, unbiased density system. And so what we've done is we've distributed goodies around literally around the planet um, according to your macro tile, which is effectively like a if you want to let's say two by two mile square mile. So, a player in Los Angeles will have effectively the same density of things that a player in uh, rural Arkansas might
0: have. Wow, that's really cool.
1: Yeah, we're excited. That that <laughs> is we're, like, we're, we're gamers first. Yeah, you
0: know, that's really first, awesome. This
1: is one of those things.
0: That's really cool, and and I will yeah. say, just just what? listening to you, that is definitely something only a person who plays strategy games already would think of. And that's, that's an amazing innovation.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, no, we, we would like to think that, you know, we're not, you know, we're not approaching this from any other way than like listening and, and talking to our gamers. And there's a whole process on how this went about, but we actually had, we were lucky enough to have over 2000 people between our website and our Kickstarter contribute money. Uh, to be part of what we called our alpha group before the game was built. And we were able to listen to our gamers and talk to them and really kind of get an understanding. So the things we created were not anecdotal to my feelings. They were kind of backed by, you know, a good user base to tell us, okay, these are the frustrations in the current location-based system. Yeah. And then it allowed us to think about how to solve it.
0: That's awesome. Um, And I think the, the other question I, or one of the other questions I have too is especially because, your the world is a finite amount of tiles um when you're playing are there uh-huh. um social areas or er, do you have to worry about uh-huh. um being in the exact same location of another player and competing in those areas or is this more contained um to how you play individually and then the social areas also dictate like in a way you can interact how do how do those mechanics work both yeah. from the single player and then also from how you can interact with others
1: yeah, so first and foremost, the biggest thing we did was we created a global matchmaking system, which means that you do not have to walk somewhere just to attack another base because we just thought that that would be madness It might even start gang wars. <laughs> but basically, what we did was we created this matchmaking system so it, it fairly matches players against um, players of similar, uh, you know, progress because the danger of, okay, if I can only compete with those around me, what if the people around me have been playing for years Then I can never catch up? And these are challenges that we saw miles ahead. So we figured, okay, there's two things. We don't want to have to walk outside just to play the game all the time. Um, Certainly, you can always attack someone who is nearby. I'm not saying you can't do that. But the core functionality allows you to use the global matchmaking system, which is remote. Uh, It doesn't use the location-based aspect of it. Now, from a a collaborative perspective, we have a system that we call outposts. Outposts are user-generated buildings that are, you know, basically temporary. And so what happens is, if you wanted to build an outpost in your neighborhood, you could do that, and the outpost would be gone in 16 hours. And when the outpost disappears in 16 hours, it generates loot for everyone that donated to that outpost to that specific outpost and so what we're hoping to achieve from this system is you know like when I was a kid I remember I used to go over to my friend's house and play uh, you know command and conquer generals on his computer you know and we'd literally (laughs) mug computer speech I'm dating myself a little bit but we would (laughs) like you know I would physically take my computer desktop to his house so we can play LAN and so so what I hope to see from this is that the next generation of of kids like I was in the 90s where it's like the neighborhood kids play together on something like this. So yeah. the the social outpost aspect, we see it as it's not something that we generate because I think if we say you have to go to this park or you have to go to this library or you have to – it's a very top-down thing, yeah. right? And it makes it sure. I think it's cool in some aspects and it certainly works for Pokemon. There's no – doubt or even you know co- contradicting that it works for that but we believe our system is going to be more you know tribal right and yeah. i mean that in, in both the literal and like figurative sense is that neighborhoods can kind of organically form these like hey i'm going to go place this in the middle of the street and everyone donates um and then in 16 hours when it's up everyone who donated gets the loot yeah um so we do see that aspect playing really well into this
0: And I guess too, I I, I would also really kind of, how do I explain this? There are differences between kind of the people that were really drawn to Pokemon or who are drawn to Pokemon already, which is already an automatically collaborative system um, most of the time. And I would say strategy players. I I think strategy, when you're drawn to strategy game types, you have a a, a different type of personality, right? Um, What types of um, Uh uh, investigations did you all do into finding what, really draw people into either creating social outposts or um i don't really sorry i have i have like a question in my head but it comes from such like a a a gamer space that i don't really know how to articulate it (laughs) yeah
1: well i maybe maybe i can help kind of tell you how we thought about the design process
0: But the
1: biggest thing that pokemon have going for it is chase. right yeah you're always chasing a new character or you're chasing uh, existing characters so you can upgrade it. And we recognize that as a crucial uh, element. And so we have the same system, actually. So we have, instead of your Pokemon characters, we have you know, your classic you know, real-time strategy type um, battle characters. So the Axman, the Archer, the, the Tempest, the Golem, the yeah. Raider, you know, the, the Ram, and all these types of characters that you can deploy in battle. Well, when you start the game, you know, you're not automatically getting these characters to just deploy in battle. You actually find these character cards, um, kind of like Pokemon cards, if you will, but you find these cards out um, in the real world using our density system at your nearest card dealer, which is an NPC. <laughs> and you enter the card dealer's little carriage, and it's literally like, you know, you, you, uh, you collect cards from there. And they're all random drawn, but, you know, you, you're always trying to taste that new card. But yeah. so for us, how we thought about it was, okay, attacking can be done remotely from your house. Yeah. Building your base can be done from your house, from your couch. Uh, A decent amount of resources could be generated passively per hour from your house. But if you're ever low and you want to accelerate, go out and find chests. If you want to find new characters, go out and find That's new characters, cool. but, you know, it's this good balance of, hey, if you're going to get out of your house twice a week, we want you to, like, my mission is every time you are out, you're wondering, I wonder if there's a car dealer or a <laughs> nearby, I'm going to open out with empires, right? Yeah. Versus, oh, let me go out because I want to play this game.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That that's really cool to hear. Honestly, from from a, from a player perspective, um, the the balance that you all have have struck is seems really really interesting, extremely thought out, and definitely puts the player first. Um, so as for other details, because it is a mobile game, um, is it free to play, or is or is it free to play and then supplemented with microtransactions, or is it um, is there a fee to play? How does how does that look like? Um, how how do gamers get get involved yeah. um, and and get it when um, get the game once it's out?
1: Yeah, so it is it, it is premium, so it's free to play, okay. and there are in app transactions now before. I know how gamers feel about it because I do as well, so (laughs) I will say that we've worked very hard on, on, uh, I'm really actually very excited to tell you about this, Um, because it is a patent pending technology that we own, and I think it's going to, no pun intended, change the game entirely, Um, so obviously there's microtransactions that use your classic, you know, in-app purchase currency gems, whatever you want to call it, ours Mm. is called runes um there are optional um ads that you can watch to help like for example your lumber mill that generates x wood per hour you can watch an ad to boost that but the other thing that we're excited about is beyond just having to buy the rooms with money we've actually started partnering with national brick and mortar um merchants and we actually have a partnership with a um This is called a payment processing company. So, what happens is we actually have started to strike deals where our gamers can go make a purchase at, I'll say, their favorite fried chicken place. And when they make that transaction, they will actually get instantly runes per dollar. Wow. Now you're, yeah. (laughs) So, now you're introducing this opportunity where you're not just, having to pay apple for rooms, you can go to these stores that I'm not yet allowed to disclose as you can tell but you can go <laughs> to these places that most people would love going to and, and go anyways, and actually get in game currency for doing so that's
0: that's really amazing that's honestly a game changer because one of the reasons people don't like microtransactions yeah. is putting up their own money but if you're going to be give, if you're going to be spending it anyway right. Might as well collect some runes. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yep. Oh, trust me. I think that. I think you know. I I do tell people. I I think this is. This is
0: huge. That's awesome. This this is this is really really cool. Um, I guess uh, I'm trying. I I feel like I don't have much more to ask. I just want to know when can we expect <laughs> yeah. to be able to play it.
1: Yeah, so we're, obviously, the uh, current situation is a little bit up in the air. Unfortunately, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, the coronavirus and everything going around, and we're we're trying our best as a company not to encourage people to go out, yeah. per se. Um, even though, like I mentioned on this call, we do have a lot of elements that you can play from home. Right now, we are tentatively saying summer 2020. I mean, you know, we're literally before uh, get, getting on this podcast with you, right? sent an email out to 3,500 of our Alpha uh, groups that are ready to test it. So the game is very, very close to where I think will be final. Um, obviously, there's still some balancing and tweaks to do, which is where the stage we're at now. But hopefully when things clear up, um, you know, I'd like to say, optimistically, May or June, um, depending on how the, uh, the climate kind of settles around us. But, yeah. you know, def- we are definitely hoping for this summer.
0: Awesome. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. And um, for everyone listening, um, yeah. let them know where they can find you, where they can find the game online, how they can keep up and get updates.
1: Of course. Yeah, if they can, anyone interested in this, the game is called Atlas Empires. That's Atlas like globe, right? <laughs> A-T-L-A-F, empires, um, pro and uh, .com. So atlasempires.com, you can always sign up for... The waitlist there so you'll be the first to know. We always like telling people be the first to claim your land. You don't want <laughs> you know, somebody else taking up the plot of land that you wanted to claim in the, in the real world. So um, yeah, atlasumpires.com and uh, we as a developing development studio, our name is Servers Interactive and uh, we're very excited to be sharing this with you guys.
0: Thank you so much for talking with me. This sounds amazing. Um, I'm currently really, really deep in Anno 1800, so, like, strategy is where I kind of live nice. right now. <laughs> um, Look,
1: if I can win over the PC strategy folks like you, then we're really on to something. <laughs> um, I know that it's sometimes a little difficult to get the... You know, and look, I, my, one of my favorite games is Civilization six. So, yeah. you know, obviously... It's, uh, well,
0: all the civilizations, but you get the drift. Oh, yes. But yeah, I'm definitely
1: trying to make it something that I would enjoy.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, this has been a really great talk. Thank you so much for taking time with me. Yeah, thank
1: you so much.
0: Awesome. It hey. great.
1: You have great questions.